You are listening to Rumination Tuesday Law and Gospel on this February the 28th, the last day of February. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. With me is Pastor Mark Smith. And we're going to be examining the hymn, Lord, Thee I Love With All My Heart. This is a powerful hymn. It ranks among the most powerful texts in all hymnody. In fact, stanza three is the final chorus of Johann Sebastian Bach, St. John's Pastoral. The hymn is Pastoral Power emerges first from its historical context and then from its theological sources. It is a hymn that has opening words drawn directly from Psalm 18, namely, whom have I in heaven but you? God is the strength of my heart. The biblical, biblical thoughts and the strong faith make this hymn prayer a unique character. In many elements, a prayed catechism with reference to the creed, the Ten Commandments, and even to Luther's morning and evening blessings. This is the hymn of the day for Lent two in the three-year cycle. And so we're ready to talk about that, Pastor Smith. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. Is it a hymn that you have used often? N not not that I've used a lot. I, I, I remember it, though. The first, I've told you this before, the first time I can remember this hymn is at the uh, the funeral service of one of our one of our brothers in the ministry, uh, Walter Hoffman. I can remember the yes. hymn. Right. I had preached there, and that was the hymn that I and the family chose. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. Really but I, good. I, I, can't, I can't say that I've used it a great deal, but it, it's, a, it's, a, well, it's a wonderful funeral hymn, of course. Yes. Um, a lot of people would use it for funeral. So we'll see how it goes. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. It's um, kind of lengthy in the sense that it's two pages long. Right. But it's only, two, only three verses. But the verses are long. The verses are long, yes. And it's got a lot of good theology in it. So why don't we start off with the first stanza. Okay, Lord, thee I love with all my heart. I pray thee ne'er from me depart. With tender mercy cheer me. Earth has no pleasure I would share. Yea, heaven itself were void and bare, if thou, Lord, wert not near me. And should my heart for, for sorrow break, my trust in thee can nothing shake. Thou art my portion, thou art the portion I have sought, thy precious blood my soul has bought. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, forsake me not, I trust thy word. So, who is the translator? Catherine Winkworth. <laughs> God bless her. Yep. Uh, Boy, she was sure busy with the hymnody, wasn't she? Yes, there are a number of hymns that are translated by her 
The author is Martin Schalling, who died in 1608. He was born in 1532, so right during the heat of the Reformation, he was born. And this obviously comes from his Reformation teaching from Martin Luther. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. Now, is that something a Christian can sing? Is that true? Only, only in Christ can we love our Lord with all our heart. Only what with his help. Mean? Only with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're, uh, you know, we're not capable of very much without, without his help. But in Christ, we can love him with all, with all our heart. Okay, now yeah, tell me I where I'm wrong, go, Tom. <laughs> well, not wrong, but one step further. We're not talking about our natural heart. Okay. Remember what David says? Create in me Create a, in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Right. That's the heart that loves God totally. Okay. Because it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Good point. And in a sense, we have two hearts, the old Adam heart and the new man heart. And the new man heart can pray to God never to depart from me. Now, that, that's kind of interesting. What Bible verse does that remind you of about departing? It starts off with, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Yes. Now, I had not known this until I did a study, but the word forsaken in the Aramaic means to be left alone. Or other words, to have been departed from God the Father. And that's what Jesus was experiencing on the cross. He was all alone. There was nobody there to help him, no angel, and even God the Father... In fact, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when it says, my soul is extremely sorrowful unto death, I believe this is what he was already pondering, what he would undergo the following day, that he would be God-forsaken, left alone. His Heavenly Father would, because of the sins of the world hanging upon him, his own Heavenly Father would depart from him. And that's, that's what made him so extremely sorrowful unto the point of death. Yet in the Garden of Gethsemane, God sent him an angel to that comfort is true. him. That is but true. But on the cross, there was no angel. Nothing. He was right. all by himself. Right. It's a good. It's a so, good reflection for Lent, isn't it? Oh my, yes. Particularly with the next line, "With tender mercy, cheer me." Uh oh. There's that word mercy again. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> You go ahead, Tom. Tell us what mercy is. Oh, you can't remember? <laughs> no, it's it's too early in the mercy, morning. <laughs> mercy is you do not get what you deserve. Right. And so that came across in that one statement of Jesus about the poor man who asked God to be merciful to him 
in contrast to the Pharisee who didn't think he needed mercy because he was so good. Right. I've thought about that. I've thought about that publican in the temple many a time. You know, that is that is Christian maturity that he really was very mature because he realized how much he depended upon God's mercy. Well said. That also shows his humility. Because yeah, in fact, it takes in courage fact, to... What I was going to say, Tom, before I interrupted you, um, that is, uh, that's what the Beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, that describes the publican in the temple. He is, he's poor in spirit, and he knows it. And what does that mean? That means that he has no, he has nothing nothing in my hands right. I bring simply to thy cross I cling. Excellent. That we have nothing in our spirit to offset our sins. Right. And therefore we rely on God himself. So with tender mercy cheer me. That's the goal of every sermon. At the end of the sermon people should be cheerful Absolutely. even though they heard the law. Absolutely. You want them to walk out of that church with absolute assurance that they are his and they're forgiven all their sins. Every last one of their sins is washed away. And therefore, the next line is important. Earth has no pleasure I would share. Now, what is meant by earth? Well, uh, that would be all the all the material, all the material things that the earth provides. Yes, we call that the temporal realm, right. in contrast to the spiritual realm. And in the temporal realm, there is no pleasure that is going to satisfy us. Yea, heaven itself were void and bare if what. If thou, Lord, if Jesus were not near me, uh, you know, we don't know everything we'd like to know about the what we call the interim state. That's the that's the uh, the state yes. between death and the resurrection. But what we do know is Jesus is there. That's all we need. That is heaven. And here on earth and should my heart for sorrow break. My trust in thee can nothing shake. Now, what big Reformation principle is being talked about there when he speaks of trust? And should my heart forever for sorrow break my trust in thee can nothing shake? That's faith. That, that is faith. Yes. Faith is implicit, unshakable trust in God's promises. Excellent. That's really the difference between Christianity and everything else. We think our breaking sorrows take place a lot of times because we do good things for God. No, we are comforted because we believe his promises and therefore our trust in God can nothing shake. Thou art the portion I've sought. Now, I find that interesting. How, how do you get that from the Bible? 
Thou art the Thou art the portion I have sought. Thy precious blood my soul has bought. Yeah. Well, that's that's what that's what fills our empty life. If yes. we have a I mean, that's what we that's what we our, our our soul longs for is that assurance is it the soul of a believer or an unbeliever talked about here i would say the soul of a believer i would say of an unbeliever okay but you once he's the, once he's a believer he recognizes no. okay go ahead um the parable of the lost sheep he gets lost. What is he seeking for? What is he seeking? Being restored to the flock. Yes. And I believe that's true of every unbeliever. If you talk to unbelievers, they are trying to get restored by, for example, what's on earth and the pleasures of earth. So they are recognizing the need for a restoration. The message of Christianity is there is a restoration that is far greater than they have ever imagined. That's and right. that is, thy precious blood my soul has bought. How does that work? That's What's redemption. What's he talking about? That's, that's his, his blood has bought me. He's redeemed me. Brought, bought me back from sin, death, and the devil. How would you explain the blood? The, his what blood does that come from? The blood of Christ has infinite value. It's only his blood that could atone for the sins of the whole world, the sins of all time, the sins of every single person. What did John the baptizer say about Jesus? He said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the whole world. Uh, he's he's to lamb. As, as a lamb, which right. was sacrificed. Right. And Jesus becomes the lamb whose blood has bought us, paid for our sins. So this is a good hymn because it says something about who Christ is. What is that next line? Uh, thy precious blood my soul has bought. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, forsake me not, I trust thy word. Remember what uh, Doubting Thomas uh, said of Jesus? He yep. was, I think, what the first, he was the first one that actually uh, acclaimed Jesus as God, verbally. Yes. When he saw Jesus with his wound in his side and his, hand, and his uh, uh, the holes in his hands, he he doubting thomas was doubting no more my lord so and jesus my god is referred to as lord referred to as christ referred to as god right and the reason that we know he will forsake us not is because i do a lot of good works no we trust in his promises i trust thy word that's what that we cling is to so that's so important. In, in fact, uh, that's what I'm going to be preaching on this Sunday. One of the best passages of the entire Bible 
to explain the distinction between law and gospel is Romans chapter 4. It is so good. And he asks a question. If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Notice what Paul goes to immediately to answer his question. He goes yeah. to the Bible. Right. He doesn't use reason. He doesn't use human logic. He has no evidence for our salvation except God's holy word. That's something that Christians really need to contemplate on. So yes. when we go to a hospital, we bring cheer to the people by getting them to what? Trust his word, which means what? That's faith. I, they, yeah, to they, believe. To believe his promises. To believe, yeah, to believe his promises. All right, I'll do stanza two. Yea, Lord, t'was I rich bounty gave, my body, soul, and all I have in this poor life of labor. Lord, grant that I in every place may glorify thy lavish grace and help and serve my neighbor. Let no false doctrine me beguile. Let Satan not my soul defile. Give strength and patience unto me to bear my cross and follow thee. Lord Jesus, Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, in death thy comfort still afford. Now this is stanza two. What is it kind of paralleling when he talks about that the Lord gave us our body, soul, and all we have? What what part of the catechism does that well, remind us of? That's the that's the uh, the creed first first article of the creed. Exactly. And and so in a sense, this is a summary of the Apostles' Creed. I've got two adult instruction classes I'm going to do and am doing, one at seven thirty in the morning and one at noon at this church, and we just went through. Uh, the creed, and we talked about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So God gives us everything in this poor life of labor. Now, that's interesting way of yeah. talking about our life on earth. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's, I, well, as I was going over this hymn earlier, I thought, you know, that's almost like, I mean, help me, it's it's it seems almost inconsistent. Everything that we have, his everything comes from his rich bounty, and yet we talk about our poor life of labor. <laughs> Apart yes. from God, it would be miserable. Exactly, and that's why the next line talks about may glorify thy lavish grace. Uh oh, we just heard about mercy that you do not get what you deserve. What is grace? Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. Exactly. And that is found throughout hymns, throughout the Bible. And when we have what we don't deserve, namely the gift of the forgiveness of sins, out of thankfulness, 
What does the next line say we do? Let's see. I'm trying to find it, Tom. And help and serve my neighbor. Right. That's the life of sanctification. So you've got all parts of the creed here. The first, the second, and the third article. As well as the Lord's Prayer. Let Satan not my soul defile. Yeah, and and the commandments too where it talks about uh, we should help and befriend our help and befriend our neighbor in every bodily need. Okay, stanza three, please. Oh, this is my favorite. Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abram's bosom, bear me home, that I may die unfearing, and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. And then from death awaken me that these mine eyes with joy may see, O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise thee without end. You know, Tom, I can't think of any other hymn that talks about uh, our body resting in the grave like that. In its uh, in its chamber, in its narrow chamber, keep my body safe in peaceful sleep. I don't know of any other hymn that that gives that that perspective of our bodies resting in that narrow chamber of of the grave. That that's why this is an appropriate hymn for funerals that we do. Now, sometimes people get cremated, or sometimes they die in the ocean and get eaten. Right. So we're saying that God, regardless of what happens to your body, will right. restore you. And that's really what this is talking about. What does that remind you about when he says, to Abraham's bosom, bear me home? Well, that's, what Bible verse? That's, uh, that's talking about, um, um, it's talking about our, our resting uh, when we, uh, every Lutheran obituary has a sleep in Jesus. Right. But oh, that's a... talking about, that is talking, I know, it's talking about the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Exactly. Right. And what did Lazarus, where did he go? Uh, yeah, Lazarus went to uh, Abram's bosom, which is, a, which is another expression for uh, heaven with Jesus. Exactly. The interim state we're talking right. about. That's right. Uh, that you've already mentioned between our death and our resurrection. And therefore, that's what a pastor does, is when someone is near death, they talk to them about the Bible so that they may die unfearing. Right. And that right. happens with Christians. Oh. Oh yeah, even Christians, even Christians, uh, you know, are, have still have a fear of death. It's the unknown, and so you try to put them at ease with, like you say, with with promises of Scripture. I had a, a Sunday school teacher that found out she had cancer that could not be cured, and when she first found out about it, she was really afraid of death. 
And I had left the congregation uh, at that time, but the family called me to say she was in a hospice near death when I visited her. So I didn't know what I was going to say yeah. because I knew she was afraid of death. And I went to the room and a lot of the family was there. And I went up to her and I said, hi, I'm Pastor Tom. I'm back. And she looked at me. She says, Pastor Tom, I'm going home. Right, right. Well, she, she was looking forward to it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I've. I think every one of us has has uh, visited uh, shut-ins that maybe have lost all their friends. All their friends have gone to heaven or passed away, and and uh, maybe even uh, maybe even their siblings, maybe even some of their children have have died before them, and right. uh, they long. They long for heaven. It says that these mine eyes with joy may see. What Bible passage does that remind you of? Yeah, that reminds me of uh, uh, of Job when he yep. says, uh, he says, and my own eyes will behold him. And uh, when he stands at the latter day upon the earth. And after skin, Something. after after my skin, worms have destroyed and destroyed this body, yet in my flesh I will see God, and my own eyes, these these same eyes that are in my skull right now, will someday see him when he comes again. That shows that in heaven we do have a new body and a new spirit. Right. Because on earth we cannot see God. Remember, Moses on Mount Sinai only saw the backside of God. Yeah, but this mortal must put on... Right, the mortal must put on immortality, right. So the hymn ends with asking for strength and patience to bear our cross and follow thee. A great hymn, not only for funerals, but also for Lent. Thank you very right. much, Pastor Smith, in helping us with that. And we're going to be continuing with law and gospel thinking on the book of Proverbs on tomorrow's broadcast of Law and Gospel at 9.30. So be with us to hear more what God has to say in Proverbs. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.